0: Dr. Keith Kano joining us on the Disk Institute of Pittsburgh Newsline. He is a member of the Allegheny County Medical Society, a board member of that particular organization, and also clinical associate professor of medicine at the University of Pittsburgh School of Medicine. Keith, it is wonderful to have you with us today. Thank you so much for your time.
2: Um, Pleasure to be here, Rick.
0: Doctor, 30-plus years in internal medicine here in Pittsburgh. From the time that you graduated med school, from the time that you did residency, take us through some of the biggest changes that you have seen in terms of what's going on in terms of bedside practice of medicine day in and day out.
2: Oh, my gosh. It's become so complicated nowadays. You know, science has marched on in healthcare, and now we see more, more drugs, more techniques. We've seen the business of medicine explode, greater competition between hospitals, and we've seen the the disciplines within healthcare: the nursing field, the physicians, physical therapists, psychologists, pharmacists, the whole gamut has evolved in new and exciting ways. People are doing new jobs in new ways,
0: and yet at the same time, the the, the crux of the whole thing is exceptional patient care, right?
2: It- Exactly. Exactly. One of the things that we want to make sure we don't leave behind, though, is, is, the, is the, the human dimension of health care. But it's gotten so darn busy nowadays, it's, it's harder. Another problem we've been running into has been our workforce is stretched too thin. We do have fewer people going into health care than we need for a generation which is aging. And uh, I think that's one reason why we have to be much smarter about how we deploy forces and why the governor's new legislation has been so important.
0: Josh Shapiro saying that nurses are one of those areas and is putting in place dollar figures that if people go through nursing school and they get started, that there will be tax credits available to them for a period of three years to help them with some financial incentives to go into this. Help us to understand, you you mentioned just the, the amount of work that has to be done and the number of people that are there to do it. Throughout COVID, we heard about the nursing shortage, but let's be honest, doctor, there's also a shortage for a lot of specialties in terms of medicine, in terms of MDs as well, right?
2: Exactly. And that's one reason why we're trying to work smarter. Just forcing more people into the field is not the solution. We've got to find new ways to be flexible with our workforce, and we have to begin casting aside some dated rules. One of those rules has to do with licensure. That's one reason why, as we begin cycling back to the nurse licensing compact, the governor's new legislation, we want to begin understanding what it's going to accomplish. One of the things that our hospitals in the Pittsburgh area alone are dealing with is about a 20% vacancy rate in their nursing staffs. Now, why is this? It's because nurses are used in so many venues. We think about nurses being the bedside nurse in the hospital, but we have nurses that are staffing medical offices. We have nurses leading care in long-term care facilities, we've got behavioral health nurses, nurse care managers, insurance nurses, nurse practitioners in primary care, nurse anesthetists. There are lots of opportunities, but the problem is is we no longer have enough nurses to get what we want done, and the average Pittsburgh hospital has about a 20% vacancy rate that is really straining their resources.
0: How does that impact the rest of the hospital? I mean, what day in and day out, how do you see that? Does it mean that you're, you're dealing with contract nurses coming in? Does it mean that people who aren't nurses are asked to do jobs that nurses would have before? I mean, help us to understand.
2: Well, I can tell you that most, most of the hospitals in Pittsburgh right now have closed sections of their hospital. And they've closed sections for no other reason than they don't have adequate staff for them. They want to make sure that the, the, the areas of the hospital that are working, especially the care areas, the operating rooms, the intensive care units, the hospital wards, uh, are fully staffed at sensible patient-to-nurse ratios. But that does mean that if they don't have enough nurses, they've got to close sections. So if you've ever been one of those people that had to go to the emergency room and wait for a bed to open up upstairs, mm-hmm it 's because most of these hospitals have just downsized their operations to, to an uncomfortable uh, to an uncomfortable point I think that's how most people would recognize that this nursing shortage has a direct impact on the patient experience
0: Dr. Keith Kannell joining us here on KDK, you mentioned sensible ratios, workable ratios for the areas that are close and are, that are open. excuse me. what do you think of some legislation that's been proposed of having ratios in place that hospitals must keep? In order. I mean, does that make sense to you as a as a physician?
2: It does. There has to be a safeguard. Nurses cannot be asked to do more than they're comfortable doing. so there have to be some sensible safeguards built upon evidence that uh, the guarantee safe operations for the hospital's.
0: I was speaking with a woman who I work with here at the radio station who says that she's got a daughter who's an undergrad who had applied to get into the nursing program at Ohio State. Here she is, did not get into it after her freshman year, applied again, did not get in the second time after her sophomore. She's somebody who wants to be a nurse and has been turned away twice. Are you hearing of these sorts of things? I mean, it it oftentimes seems that everybody says, well, just go be a nurse and anybody can be. It's not just that simple to get that done.
2: I think nurses they want the best of the best to join their profession, so I think that they're doing so so I think one of the things we want to do is begin make nursing a a an attractive uh, profession, so we have to make sure that we don 't have undue levels of stress in this that nurses can go on. pursue the professional goals, but also have the kind of work-life balance that they'd like to have. That's why the ratios are important. And that's why creating some flexibilities in the workforce are so important. If we could find ways where nurses can gravitate to places they like to work, to areas where there's opportunity, that would be a good thing.
0: You mentioned the governor's decisions and some of the things that have been uh, put forward from Harrisburg. What is your thinking as not only a professional educator of – uh, medical professionals and, and of, of future doctors, but also as a clinician, as somebody who is in the hospital right now, about what's coming from Harrisburg?
2: This is a terrific legislation. It's going into effect just next week, September 5th. The legislation we're talking about is the NLC. It's the Nurse Licensure Compact. What that means is that currently nurses that are licensed in a given state Uh, are not able to cross state lines to work in another state, that each state has its own specific um, licensure mandates. So if we could actually begin loosening up some of those restrictions, then nurses could begin working in different places, could go to different areas. That means places that have perhaps too many nurses could nurses who have the opportunity to go to places where there is a nursing deficiency this this kind of mobility would be very important and it's not just happening with nursing by the way physicians are are pursuing these types of compacts and and other types of therapists so it's fundamentally a good thing it is long overdue and just if i if i may w- a lot of people wonder why is it the the the, the state licensure uh, guidelines are so strict, and why can't you have interstate commerce of nurses? And one of the reasons is that the bar is very high. For most of the healthcare professionals, not only do nurses have to show evidence of their education, a diploma, they have to show evidence of their training. They have to show evidence of continuing education. Mm -hmm. In many areas, including Pennsylvania, there are background checks done looking for everything from involvement in malpractice cases to malfeasance. Nurses are fingerprinted their health status is checked. In Pennsylvania, we have a unique law in that most healthcare professionals have to be, are vetted for history of child abuse. So we are very careful at setting the bar very high about who we get in. Unfortunately, Pennsylvania, Ohio, West Virginia, New York have different regulations, but they're similar enough where where, where states can create a compact that is handshake agreements where they can begin allowing people with with, uh, that have past licensure in their state to go to different states in exchange for having people come to their state.
0: Will we ever get to the point where there is a federal licensure, where it becomes just one? And the same would, would go for medical doctors, I would ask that same question.
2: I think that that would be an interesting ambition. I'll tell you, one of the barriers has been getting information. So when you're looking at things like so, so healthcare has always been local. So when the state, when the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania attempts to look and see whether if someone has um, is safe to be be a healthcare professional in their state, there are not national databases that are sophisticated enough, or at least haven't in the past, haven't been databases sophisticated enough to allow this to happen. Now we're gradually moving to that area. Mm-hmm. That's why you see the Nurse Compact finally getting some traction after decades of work, for it to, for it to, to come to fruition. Okay. So right now, the nurse, the, the nurse Licensure Compact will allow nurses in 41 states and territories to begin moving to each other state in a, reciproca- in a, uh, a reciprocality agreement and, and having that kind of uh, market fluidity.
0: Well, thank you not only for what you do to educate the next generation, but also let us know what is going on inside hospitals. Dr. Keith Cano, we very much appreciate your time here on KDK today. Thank you. My pleasure. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful stuff. Again, if you want to know more about what he's up to, he is a board member of the Allegheny County Medical Society and a clinical associate professor of medicine at the University of Pittsburgh School of Medicine.